0: And of course, it's time for WWE Monday Night Raw. Everybody's favorite lackluster, lazy show that people have seen for months and months and freaking months. Featuring the same two teams that have been facing each other nonstop in singles, tag, six-man tag, you name it, over the last five months all of that and so much more to talk in this very podcast ladies and gentlemen good morning good afternoon good evening and wherever you are in the world and whenever you are tuning into this video my name is james porcelli and welcome to another special edition of ruthless talk Hopefully everybody is enjoying their Tuesday. I'm sure most of you guys by the time you come across this video, it's either Wednesday or Thursday. Definitely not on Tuesday as this is recorded late on a Tuesday night, but hopefully everybody has enjoyed their weekend as we are now cruising or as WWE standpoint, they we are on complete cruise control in the fast lane. No pun intended, straight to fast lane, Survivor Series and towards this and towards the end of the calendar year Um, as of course you guys know today as we talk about another lazy lackluster redundant show that was Monday Night Raw last night what am I talking about what was lazy what was lackluster what was pathetic in the show well we're gonna get to that in just a second but before we do uh Jade Cardgill has officially signed with World Wrestling Entertainment with WWE. Uh, this that this was announced um, this afternoon. She has signed a multi-year deal, and it is official. Um, as she, you know, videos are being posted with her walking into the Performance Center. ESPN, Sports Illustrated, all of these big headlines. All for Jade Cargill as she is now officially WWE bound. Obviously, this was something that we all expected was going to happen and it was pretty much just a matter of when it was going to happen as kind of the lines were pretty much drawn in the sand a lot of seeds were planted leading up into this moment that Jade Cargill has now officially signed what seems like a contract for for multi years and who knows how much freaking dollars freaking millions of dollars is in that contract um but of course this is something that we we pretty much expected you know and and, and listen you know, when it comes to when it comes to Jade Cargill, right, and there's a lot to get into about, oh, what does this mean for the company? What does this mean for the women's division? You know, what is she going to be a part of, you know, and it, it's it's definitely going to be interesting for sure. You know, I mean, of course, when it comes to Jade, I mean, as you can tell just from these headlines alone, that there is a lot of stock into into this woman. I mean, when you have... ESPN Sports Illustrated and all these big major these big major brands right and and all this other stuff that are showcasing this woman being a part of world wrestling entertainment that shows you how high this company is in this woman and and I'm sure as I'm you know as many other people are that she is no doubt going to get the opportunity and she is going to get that shine one way or another in world wrestling entertainment you know is it through nxt is it through that developmental system whatever the fuck that shit is now is a lot about nxt is going to be connected within this within this raw review so but yeah i mean look you know we always talked about when it comes to jade cargill you know me and brian have said it in the past i've said it in the past as well you know this woman when it comes to how she has just you know elevated herself has elevated her stardom has elevated her talent and just everything else as a whole, when it comes to her, she is, she, her aura of her character suits very well with world wrestling entertainment. And it kind of always had, I mean, even though, and I've, and I've seen it way back um, when she first started professional wrestling in general, not just in AEW, but just in the professional wrestling world, where she had the look, she had just the appearance. But when it comes to you know the gift to gab and really being good at this professional wrestling thing, you know it, it it took Jade Cargill at least at least for a while. It really took Jade Cargill to really six you know really sink and get her feet wet into this whole professional wrestling thing. And as time went on, she really she just got better, she got better and she got better. And Tony Khan and AEW put a lot of stock and effort into her. I mean becoming, you know, holding on to the TBS championship and having pretty much a Goldberg type streak, winning 50 some odd wins with zero freaking losses. And you know, and I can't and I can't help but think, as I'm gonna try to make this short and sweet because I do want to get into this review. I can't help but think that this has just the Cody Rhodes effect. What I mean by the Cody Rhodes effect is that, you know, it's a a lot of superstars, even in that AEW locker room, Jay Cargill. And I'm sure there, there could be plenty others that their wheels were spinning when they saw Cody Rhodes take his ball from AEW to world wrestling entertainment. And I'm sure that that has gotten Jade Cargill's wheel spinning when it comes to eventually wanting to, you know, move on to who knows, to greater pastures to, you know, to better and green and greater opportunities for her. And ever since man, Cody Rhodes has, he, he left AEW and he went over to WWE there is no doubt in my mind that that has influenced Jade Cargill when it comes to this decision. You know, and who knows when it comes to, you know, a lot of people that are also close with Cody Rhodes, you know, people like Ricky Starks. You know, don't be shocked for a guy like Ricky Starks. I know if Brian if he's watching this, I know he's been very high on Ricky Starks at some point, man. He is he is another guy that kind of just fits the bill with when it comes to world wrestling entertainment. You know, and same with Jade Cargill. I mean, these are two people that just, that just makes sense for them to be there. Um, you know, so just don't be shocked, man. I, you know, and it's just, it's because of the fact that Jade and as well as Ricky Starks, they have a close, friendly relationship. Jade Cargill has a friendly relationship with Cody Rhodes. And there is no doubt in my mind that at least part of this decision was influence when Cody Rhodes decided to take his ball and go over to WWE and, you know, as I'm, it's, I know I said it on social media, the, the Cody Rhodes effect, man, (laughs) it's, it's influenced a lot of people to scratch their head and say, man, you know, maybe this is something that I need to look, you know, look into, you know, down the road in my wrestling career or whatever, whatever road they decide to take when it comes to professional wrestling. So yeah, man, I mean, it's just, it's interesting. You know, you, now you have Cody Rhodes, you know, we know the relationship with, with Cody and Jay, they have somewhat of a friendly type of business relationship. And I'm telling you guys right now, man, it's just, you know, don't be shocked if you see more stuff like this, former AW talents, current AW talents that because of Cody Rhodes and just what he has influenced as the guy, the only guy to be a part of AW, that, that company and go over to the rival (laughs) that is WWE, you know, and and I'm sure it's gotten a lot of people wheels spinning and think, man, you know, maybe, maybe that's where I need to go. Maybe that's where I'm best suited when it comes to, and then Jade Cardgill is now the next one on that list. And it could be plenty others. I mean, again, I've, I've heard Ricky Starks, name brought up a lot. That wouldn't shock me if you'd see Ricky Starks in the near future, maybe later in this calendar year, maybe, Whenever his contract is up, I believe maybe in 2024, 2025, not sure when exactly that year is when that contract is up, but nothing, nothing would be surprising as well as freaking CM punk. You know, I've always said this about punk, man. Do not be shocked. If you see CM punk be a part of world wrestling entertainment at some point, you know, in the future, um, you know, and now you're starting to, you're, you're starting to see the dots connect You know, like I mentioned with Jade, as well as Ricky Starks, Um, and again, with CM Punk, I mean, again, we talked about with Punk, you know, if if CM Punk is a guy that Endeavor, because they now own majority ownership, if they see CM Punk as a guy that's going to help them out, regardless of how WWE feels, regardless of how we feel about it, Endeavor is going to bring him in. You know, is that at Survivor Series in Chicago? Is that at the Royal Rumble? Is that at WrestleMania? Is that beyond WrestleMania? Who freaking knows? But um, but yeah, man, it's just, you know, hopefully Jay Cargill does amazing freaking things. I'm rooting for the gal. I've always, I've always seen the potential in the woman. Um, the only thing that I just really hope that WWE does not do, and that is thrust her into a title picture. I really hope to God that does not happen. I understand, guys, when it comes to Jade, you know, we want, we always want a fantasy book. And when it comes to, you know, people like Bianca or maybe Rhea or shoot, maybe it is a Nia Jax. <laughs> Fucking, I don't know. But when it comes to Jade, man, like the thing is with Jade, and here's where wrestling fans have to understand is that there's a lot of fans that may not know much about the AEW product, you know, they're going to come, you know, they see Jade Cargill making all these headlines and wait, wait, who is this woman? Why is she a big deal? Well, now you book her a reason to why she was a big deal, why she made all these headlines, why you heard her from ESPN Sports Illustrated. You book her properly. And the one thing that I mentioned when it comes to Jade in putting her in a in a correct spot for her to succeed moving forward, put her with Lashley and the Street Profits, man, because that fucking group needs it. Seriously. They need that extra freaking layer. You know, you don't have to thrust Jade into anything. You can let the crowd and WWE fans and casual fans really get connected with her organically instead of having to force her down your throat, putting her in a title situation and force your fans to make you feel like she's a big deal, you know, to where it now turns into a Charlotte Flair situation. And that's something that WWE, as well as many fans, when it comes to, you know, what is best for Jade Cargill, just saying, man, we got to be careful in in regards to where we do place Jade Cargill. But who knows when we see her? I don't think you're really going to see her really anytime soon. I really think this is something that, you know, WWE wants to really plan out because again, there is a lot of stock and effort into this woman. You know, again, e- you hear headlines with ESPN Sports Illustrated. They really are high on this woman. And I'm sure they really want to bring this woman on board on television in a very captivating way, or at least somewhat of a captivating way, at least in in their eyes. Right. So yeah, um, Jade Cargill, man, is part of WWE part of World Wrestling Entertainment so and that's another thing as well you know are we resting on the fact that Jade Cargill is going to save this women's division it's going to make the women's division that much more that much more must see i don't know that's big shoes to fill but you know obviously you know this is uh this is something i'm sure that Jade has thought about a long time And I'm sure, like I mentioned, it it was heavily influenced by a lot of people, people that were close to close to her, especially in that AW locker room, people like Cody Rhodes. And again, you know, Ricky Starks is another close friend of Jade Cargill. And I would not be shocked, you know, freaking Ricky Starks, Ricky Starks sees somebody like Cody, who's also another close friend with Ricky Starks or at least close in that professional wrestling relationship. And they look over there and they said, dang, man like I'm probably better off over there (laughs) because here's the thing too with Ricky Starks, right? You know, I don't want to, you know, and I'll get back to Jade Cargill in just a second. We're going to get into the show, you know, and and obviously of course, you know, coming up is collision. I know Ricky Starks had a, um, a big singles matchup with Brian Danielson, which we'll talk about later this week on Thursday, but it just really seems to me like, because of the whole CM Punk situation because of how Ricky Starks was booked after that whole MJF feud, it never seems to me like Ricky Starks has really had that same type of momentum or feel ever since then. And his momentum, and again, it's really no fault to his own. Hell, not much fault to Tony Khan and AEW, but that momentum has been a clear freaking roller coaster ride for him, and it's gotten a lot of people. Just hard to get on board with the dude and what he's involved in, you know. He's and listen, and I mean, what he's doing with Daniel Bryan or Brian, Daniel Bryan Brian Danielson right now? Does it have a place? Yeah, sure. But I don't know, man. Like again, Ricky Starks is just another guy similar to what we what we what we said about Jade Cargill. Like the aura of Ricky Starks just just fits very well. Similar. To somebody like Cody and to somebody like Jade Cargill so I'm telling you man, regardless if it is Ricky Starks or anybody else in that AW locker room, to me like this is just this is just the start man of a lot of those wrestlers that are very close with Cody, a lot of people that Cody Rhodes that I'm sure he does have a say in that company now being the guy wants certain people to come on board so we we'll, we'll, we'll soon find out man we we shall soon find out but but yeah Jade Cargill is officially a part of World Wrestling Entertainment with a multi-year deal with WWE of course there was a video posted of her walking into the PC um so we we shall soon find out man how this woman debuts on television is it through NXT does she go to the main roster do they throw her into the main event scene who who freaking knows but all we all I know is when it comes to Jade is that Um, she has dramatically improved. Um, I've grown to like Jade Cardgill a lot and, you know, she, and I just, and I give the woman credit overall. I mean, this was a woman that when she first came onto the scene to where I was like, I have no idea who this woman is. (laughs) And she has just, at least in the wrestling world, right. The diehard professional wrestling world, you know, she's definitely won a good amount of people over. In this industry and she's made a name for herself regardless of how she's booked or what she's been placed in because there's no doubt and me and Brian have stated as well that whole TBS championship run was very very underwhelming outside of that that large undefeated streak that she had holding on to that TBS championship so I don't know man I, I don't know so we, we, we shall soon find out where Jade Cargill goes and when she does debut either an, in NXT or on the main roster, we shall soon find out. But uh, but just to wrap that all up, all up into a bow, there is no doubt that this, at least some of this, was influenced by Cody Rhodes and his departure from AEW. And I'm sure along the way that's at least influencing a lot of other people in that AEW locker room, especially the way freaking that that company and what they got going on right now outside of MJF and Adam Cole. And I've stated it for freaking weeks and months on this very podcast. It's not looking good, man. It's not looking good. All right. With all that being said. Um, and of course we'll talk more about Jade Cargill uh, moving forward when the time comes. So I'm going to try to make this as painless for every single body, for everybody uh, that is watching this as we are going to talk some Monday Night Raw, um, man, just what else is there to say, bro? <laughs> I mean, look at this point, guys, like I look, I'm looking dead into this camera. I can beat a freaking dead horse right now. I really could. And just continue to say, which I'm probably still going to about how this show just starts ends And flows the exact same way every single fucking week. Every single time. And, you know, and I've said it from a bunch of people. People like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And how ever since they've won those tag titles, they have pretty much have had nothing. They've tussled with the Judgment Day. They tussled with Imperium once or twice. Nothing that's really that intriguing. That freaking Extreme Rules match or that False Count Anywhere match they had a Payback. Damn freaking solid. But outside of that, there's really been nothing to sink your teeth into once their story in regards to the bloodline leading into WrestleMania was over. And that was it with Kevin Owens and, and Sami Zayn. And then there's Cody Rhodes, to where he was a part of pretty much, I don't even know what you call it with Brock Lesnar, <laughs> a a, a, frick, a story with no story. And all of that stock, all of that energy that was taken or that was used into that feud, into that story, and it now leads with Cody Rhodes doing nothing but tussling with the Judgment Day week after week when he has done nothing but defeat this faction multiple times. in tag matches, singles matches, you freaking name it. And until the Royal Rumble or maybe Soul Survivor Series, who freaking knows. But for the test of time moving into the end of this calendar year, that is all you're going to see from Cody. And I stated it, and I and I brought it up weeks ago. I'm like, they have nothing for Cody Rhodes at all. All you're going to see is this dude in the same segment leading to the same match every freaking week. And here we are. And you throw a Kevin Owens, a Sami Zayn, and now you throw a Jey Uso and a JD McDonough. It's no fucking different, man. There's no, there's nothing different a- at all. You know, at least for SmackDown, right? If I were to make a comparison, at least for SmackDown, yes, did it start off similar to Monday Night Raw? Yes. But at least, guys, at least there was something that was different than the bare minimum, which is this fucking show, which you get weekly, right? You had Solo Sokoa take out Styles, right? You had... And you let the segment breathe, right? I mean, that whole attack, the contract signing, all of that stuff on SmackDown this past Friday took up a good chunk of the last half hour of hour number two. You know, that's that's something that you can have a conversation about. You know, that's something to where, like, okay, this is good, you know, and and it leads and at least it gives you somewhat of questions. I understand, man, that. That ending was obviously inaudible, and we talked about that, me and, uh, and and David, you know, Top Bunk Sports. You know, if you guys haven't checked out that episode, uh, you know, we talked about Matt Riddle's release as well as SmackDown this past Friday. So make sure you guys go check that out. But freaking, you know, fr- you know, freaking, we 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 talk about when it comes to Monday Night Raw starting and ending the same freaking way, but with SmackDown this past Friday, you know. There was that extra layer. To where, the segment, regardless of how you feel about it, but time and effort was put into it. The, it was it, it it it. They let it breathe. They let the beat down breathe with AJ Styles backstage, right? That audible that was called was honestly, guys, better than the original finish of the show that they originally had. <laughs> honestly. You know, you have the bloodline and Jay, you know, the heels at least leading into whatever they're going to be involved in for Fastlane with some type of momentum. So, which is obviously probably going to be with LA Knight. Hopefully LA Knight in this whole COVID situation um, is is all cleared up by the time we go into, into SmackDown this this week. So, um, yeah, man, it's just like the, the difference is night and day from this Monday night on raw or last night, I should say last night on raw and this past Friday on SmackDown to where the ending at least gave you something. There was something other than the same redundant bare minimum bullshit that we've seen from raw week after week, month after fricking month, you know, could me and Brian and several other people find ways to make SmackDown that ending a little bit more, captivating in a way to make that show overall captivating. Sure. But if you're going to do it like that, I have no complaints, bro. Absolutely none. But yeah, man. And that, and that's, that's pretty much it. You know, for, again, this is not me trying to bitch and moan. This is not trying to grab a bunch of clicks and a bunch of freaking views. This is genuinely me being as honest as, as, as honest I can be, you know, And I'm about to drop some and I'm about to drop some big freaking takes and even some more freaking honesty and truth into this freaking review. So without further ado, I'm going to jump straight into this thing. All right, y'all. Monday Night Raw, September 25th, 2023 live in Ontario, California. The show starts off our number one with, whoa, Cody Rhodes, his music hits and he enters the ring. He defends Jey Uso, of course, his, deci- his decision with turning down the Judgment Day and their whole freaking, you know, trying to recruit him to the Judgment Day that was turned down. He's like defending that whole shtick. And of course, within, you know, wouldn't you know it, the Judgment Day comes out and they do their whole freaking shtick. Of course, Rhea Ripley's not there. Of course, I believe she's like selling the rib injury that freaking Nia Jax um freaking caused a couple weeks ago and we're gonna get into Nia Jax as well in this freaking review um but yeah man freaking dominic continues tries to talk over um talks tries to talk over the crowd he's getting freaking booed um and then cody rhodes continues to uh he can cont- he continues to say some words he says listen what happens when mommy comes back and you guys are left empty-handed because obviously we all know i think at this point freaking rhea ripley if she's not the freaking at least somewhat of the leader in that faction then fucking amen i don't know (laughs) so freaking cody is uh is teasing that a little bit there um as well as he made a reference about paul Heyman saying like we are no longer in the third inning anymore boys or something along those lines to start off the promo before the judgment day hit the ring um man fine oh so now we're out of the third inning <laughs> right it's just like the third inning is like bro we're probably in the 20th inning right this is like the freaking uh when, when uh what, what was it the new york mets and the cardinals there was one game where they had i think they played like 20 21 freaking innings of baseball like bro we're in the 20 nineteenth, twentieth, 21st freaking inning as of right now when it comes to this shit Um, uh, but yeah man so freaking this leads to the Judgment Day. They hit the ring apron. Um, you know they're about to deliver a three on one beatdown to Cody. Uh, Jay Uso comes, I guess, through the crowd. He comes to the aid of Cody. However, it's still three on two, and the Judgment Day is like, oh, the numbers are in our favor, right? Let's let's just let's just keep let's just let's just go with the plan. Fucking why not? And then that's when through the crowd, uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens as they also hit the ring. Um, The Judgment Day walk off. J.D. McDonough walks up the rampway holding two steel chairs. He gives one to Finn Balor. Damian Priest, like, doesn't budge. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, what what are you doing? Like, this is not not what we're supposed to do here. And Finn Balor and just, and I believe Dominic was slow behind them as he was kind of conflicted about the whole situation. But Balor and freaking J.D. just take off. To frickin' no avail, they just get their ass kicked. So does Damian Priest, and you know, his hands were tied. He was like, "Full fuck, man, I gotta go too," and he freaking rushes to the ring. You know, he gets, you know, he gets his ass whooped for good measure. And now all the Judgment Day freaking gets sent up the rampway as all four of the faces stand tall. You have Jey Uso, Cody, Zayn, and Kevin Owens standing tall. So, so look, guys, I, again, I want people to really dissect this. All of these reviews that I've made with Brian or by myself or who, whatever. Tell me what the fuck is different. What is different? The only thing guys with the judgment day that has any semblance of substance is with JD McDonough. That's it. (laughs) And the way that we, the way that we build that is to throw the judgment day with the same fucking people. Every week on the show, and now you add Jey Uso, you're gonna have what man? A, an eight man tag? Are we gonna get war games at freaking Survivor Series? I mean, guys, like, because bro, it's the same song and dance, man. Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes comes out, he says a few words, the Judgment Day interrupts, either Kevin Owens and and, and Sami Zayn come to the aid, set some type of match, or vice versa, and everybody brawls. And that's it, bro. That's the, fu- that's what we got. And you're going to continue to get that going into the holidays and throughout this calendar year. That's what you're getting guys. Enjoy it. freaking enjoy it because that's all you're getting, you know, and, and they want to sell us with war games. How about, can, can we not limp to freaking war games if, if that's what we're fucking doing? Cause that's what we're doing, bro. We are limping into the end of 2023. Within Survivor Series, within the Royal Rumble in 2024, we are limping there. We are limping on one fucking leg, dude. That's exactly what we're doing. Because guys, the with having the same amount of people every week is not a story. It's not. (laughs) It's just it's redundant. It's lazy, and it's the same shit, right? And now you add a JD, a freaking JD McDonuts, and a Jey Uso. It's still the same shit. You're just adding more bodies in there. And that's it. So we'll talk more uh, about this entire situation um, as they're a part, of course, another tag match with Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and the Judgment Day. Once again, and I got some stats as well to back all this up of how redundant and lazy this shit is. But we'll get to that. We're going to get to that. Up next, we have Bronson Reed versus Otis, this was a big E special, big meaty men slapping their meat across each other. Major pause. <laughs> uh, Bronson Reed versus Otis, man. Listen, look, if, if I were to be somewhat biased, and I don't like being that on this platform, I really don't. I really enjoyed this match, and I would hope that they would go a little bit longer, right? I mean, big Bronson Reed and Otis. I mean, that's a cement truck versus a freaking bulldozer waiting to happen, Right. And listen, I understand when it comes to these situations. Right. And we did it to an extent with Miro and frickin powerhouse Hobbs when they fought at AW all out. You know, we want to make fun of how they're big, strong men with big muscles. They got a lot of meat on their bones, you know, meat slapping meat across each other. Right. You know, but at least with with Miro and with Hobbs, at least it was. At least it was somewhat, regardless of how we got there. At least it was somewhat of a big fight feel, on a big freaking stage. This man was just treated like a fucking circus. Michael Cole is calling these two buffalos like it's a fucking circus act. I-, I mean, this was the comedy shtick for both of these for for both of these two men, you know. And that's what really rubs me the wrong way. To where, yeah. It was entertaining to an extent for only for five fucking minutes. I mean, bro, it's just like at least Miro and Hobbs over an AW got at least a good 15 some odd minutes. I mean, this match, from what I have belt to bell was five, you know, but this was not, but I mean, WWE, this was nothing more than a comedy shtick. I mean, fricking Michael Cole and Wade Barrett just kept fucking laughing. Freaking again! Michael Cole is calling them buffaloes. He's freaking busting out, freaking busting out laughing every time Otis does a freaking move or a caterpillar or a freaking jump off of the top rope. This was a freaking circus act, right? Or at least how it was trying to be viewed as such. Oh, look at freaking, look at Otis, and look at how he's moving. Oh, it's funny. I mean, just I don't know, man. It's just, just really rubs me the wrong way. It it really does. I mean, when you put two big behemoths in there, man, that could be fun. But for you to treat it like it's a clown show, like that's just—I don't know—that again, that just really rubbed me the wrong way. Um, Otis, again, he, and I'll be—and speaking of the caterpillar man, like—and I've said this about Otis every time he does his caterpillar shtick, it legit gets worse and worse, guys. It, it's at to the point where once he's done doing the caterpillar, he doesn't even get back to his own feet. I, I mean, this dude. And I understand. He's always been a big boy. He's got big meat on his bones. I get it, man. But it's to the point where this dude looks slow and looks really extremely just just not as agile when he was when he first started with freaking what was that tag team called? Heavy Machinery. You know, and now you can tell he's even he's gotten even a little he's even gotten bigger than he originally was. And it's slowed him down, man. And it's like you can tell it's like every single time he does that shit, he gets more and more fatigued. It's it's not a good look, bro. It really looks bad. I mean, guys, go back and watch, dude. This dude struggles just to get to his own two feet. And it it, it just it worries me, man. It really, really does. Um, so when this was all said and done, Bronson Reed wins this match via a running senton followed by the Tsunami. As freaking, you know, Wade Barrett with, uh, or let me, let me, let me, let me correct that. Let me say that properly. Tsunami! Or however, in, in his freaking accent. <laughs> um, with the tsunami finisher for the W. So, obviously, you know, that looks like they're trying to somewhat pump up Bronson Reed. Maybe throw him into this IC title picture in the future. Guys, I don't know, man. Um, I, I just, so with Chad Gable, I guess being a part of this whole icy title stick, I guess you're just going to see Otis continue to freaking lose. I I don't know. Um, look, there's nothing much I can really bash in regards to this. I just wished it wasn't viewed as a circus comedy stick because again, if you listen to commentary, if that, that's just in how the match was kind of like portrayed, that's pretty much what it was. You know, and again, I understand, you know, to a fault, we did it with, you know, with people like Miro and Hobbs, you know, big, you know, two men with big meat on their bones, strong individuals, you know, big meaty men slapping meat, freaking, (laughs) freaking a biggie special, right? You know, and we, and, and, but we joke to that to an extent, but when the company does that, and they have that same type of view and feel going into this match, because again, at least for AEW and all out, you know, to their fairness, that had somewhat type of fight feel And just, and again, it was placed on a big stage and felt somewhat important, regardless of how it got there. But with this man, this was just, this, this was just treated like a fucking joke, you know? And if if that's, and if that's how you want to book it as, then that's how we're going to view them as Otis and Bronson Reed, at least for Otis, because he took this freaking out nothing but a fucking circus sideshow. And for Bronson Reed, man, I, I don't know. What they're doing with Bronson, you know, at first you thought they were, he was going to get the big push. He was on a winning streak. Then he's been on a losing streak. He was stuck in the shtick with freaking ricochet and, and, and Shinsuke for so long. Now it seems like they're pumping him back up. Is he going to be in this icy title situation? Guys? I don't know. And and again, man, is is Bronson Reed being placed in an icy title picture, really helping his booking, right? Is throwing a title match, or in a title picture with Bronson Reed really helping his booking, right? I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying, man, that, and that's that. I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, up next, we have Tommaso Ciampa. Speaking of the IC title, uh, uh, Tommaso Ciampa faces Imperium's Ludwig, Ludwig Kaiser. Shout out to Samantha Irving. Freaking love. Can't express that enough of how freaking how much I love Samantha Irving and how he freaking announces Ludwig Kaiser to the ring. Can't freaking say that enough. Um, so they have a one-on-one matchup. Vinci gets involved. Champa drops Vinci with a running knee, I believe, as his head was stuck through the second rope. Kaiser hits a pele kick. However, the ref was distracted dealing with Vinci. Kaiser's upset with Vinci as he feel like he feels like he cost him the matchup. He kicks him out of the ring. Tommaso Champa takes advantage with a ripcord exploding knee to the face, and Tommaso Champa. Wins this match over Ludwig Kaiser as Tommaso Champa is gearing up for an IC title push against Gunther. So look, man, Tommaso Champa defeating Gunther. And I'm 50-50 on that man. Listen, it's believable. Don't get me wrong. If you were to tell me that you you plan to have Tommaso Champa in the near future to be the guy to take to take the title away from Gunther. I can believe that wholeheartedly. Obviously it's believable, but, but Tommaso Ciampa. And I, again, similar to Bronson Reed, I'm going to say it with Tommaso Ciampa is putting Tommaso Ciampa right now for, for how he has been portrayed up until this moment is putting him in a title match, really going to get him over, right? Just throwing him in a big title picture against Gunther where For the most part, we kind of know that he's not going to take that title away from Gunther, you know, at least for the majority of that's, I'm sure that's what people is coming across or at least what they're thinking, you know, is throwing these people in a title match really helping them. The answer is really no, because nobody's cared about them, you know, and again, guys, look, Tommaso Ciampa. I like Tommaso Ciampa just as much as you guys do. NXT black and gold. I get it. But ever since he's debuted on the roster, he has been in nothing important. Nothing. Even with the freaking Miz. You know, to an extent, maybe that had a, had a moment here and there. I mean, eye of the beholder. But Tommaso Champa has done nothing. He has been booked like a fucking afterthought. And you want to put him in. You want to put him into an IC title match thinking that that's going to make and that's going to freaking take Tommaso Champa. To the promised land is just to throw him in a title match. It's not gonna cut it. I'm sorry, man. And I like Tommaso Champa. I want to get invested into him. And this dude has all the potential in the world to really be special to be special in this industry. But is throwing him in a title match really helping him? You know, that's that's really it. Just think about that, man. Um, up next we have Becky Lynch. Uh, her music hits as so she's on commentary. As we have a match between Tegan Knox and Natty Nightheart Natalia, as the winner of this match goes on to face Becky Lynch for the uh, NXT Women's Championship uh, next week. Following uh, NXT's No Mercy, of course NXT has a pay per view uh, this coming Saturday um, that is called No Mercy, as Becky is facing Tiffany Stratton for uh, for that said title. Oh, man. I, I, again, man, uh, look, so let, let, let me start from the jump, right? So Tegan Knox was backstage with Becky as, of course, there was reports and Jalen brought it up last week about Tegan Knox was rumored to be a part of that open challenge. And they're somewhat trying to tell some semblance of a story as Becky Lynch was backstage. Like, hey, I saw you backstage. I saw you in Gorilla. Why didn't you come out? You, you know, you need to you know, this is WWE, man. You, you know, you got you can't let people step all over you. You gotta, you gotta freaking, you know, look out for yourself. You know, don't let Natalia take that freaking title or take that opportunity away from you, is that's the whole notion of this this uh this story <laughs> that that's being told here. Um, you know, and Natalia's getting a freaking another title opportunity, guys. Like here's the thing, man. Becky Lynch is on commentary. So that was the whole shtick. You know, Tegan Knox is trying to stand up for herself more, and, and you know, trying to you know not be stepped all over. You know, trying to stand up for herself and and you know, trying to earn herself opportunities or whatever. And Natalia, who just fucking lost last week, let's let's just run it back again for her attempting to try to get another opportunity for this title. I don't fucking know, but that that's not even the most baffling thing, right? You know, guys. Here's what baffles me so much. Because, and again, I'm not going to beat a dead horse about Becky Lynch holding this title. I'm just, I'm not. I, I've, I've said so many times about it. I've said it with Jalen. I've said it with freaking, I've said it with even with with Top with freaking David not not too long ago. But look, man, I, Becky Lynch is claiming that she's holding this title to give women opportunities. Right? She's doing this to elevate the women's division to give you know females opportunities you know, to, 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 make a name for themselves. Guys, isn't that what NXT is supposed to be? Isn't that what this NXT brand is supposed to be viewed as such? So, so like, what, why are we having, why are these main, why are these women on your main roster going after an NXT title? Is this fucking Tuesday night? I just, I don't understand. You take this title away. The notion is that you're trying to elevate women in the women's division. That's the whole point of NXT for that fucking championship, for people like Tiffany Stratton to get, to, to get somewhat of an opportunity to showcase themselves, to gain momentum, to where when they do debut on the main roster, now, there is a reason for people to care because, man, look at Tiffany Stratton. She's got all this momentum. Look at people like J.C. Jane. Look at Gigi Dolan. Look at Thea Hale. L- look at Roxanne Perez. Look at all of these women. But instead, we're taking this NXT championship from Tuesday night onto freaking Monday night. Why? Because Rhea Ripley is selling a is selling a rib injury. So the women's cha- the women's world championship is off TV. So let's take Becky Lynch, take the title away from Tiffany Stratton. Let's take away her fucking momentum, put it on Monday night and let's have our main roster talent, get an opportunity to go after an NXT championship. Why the fuck does Natalia need a need an opportunity for an NXT championship guys? Like what the fuck? <laughs> What the fuck? The whole point of NXT, right, is the is is to elevate the women's division for titles like the NXT Women's Championship, right? And isn't like <laughs> I I don't, guys, I don't understand. There's already women's like again, correct me if I'm wrong, there's already women's titles on this main roster. Why are we not elevating those fucking titles? On Mondays and Fridays. And but, but yet we're taking the NXT championship. We're derating every single one of those female talents, not just Tiffany Stratton. Tiffany Stratton's going to be fine, right? I'm not again, again, I don't want to, you know, paint the picture that I think Tiffany Stratton is being buried because I fucking hate that goddamn word. But it's not just Tiffany Stratton. Tiffany Stratton's going to be fine. She's going to be she's going to be just fine once she does get to the main roster full time, right? She's going to be fine. I'm not worried about her, but it's everyone else on that roster that makes them look like fucking idiots, like fucking amateurs, bro. That's my problem. Becky Lynch out of everybody, your top female fucking women's wrestler outside of Charlotte flair. And I use that term top wrestler very freaking loosely when it comes to her. And you put the NXT title on her, guys. I, I don't. I don't get it, bro. And they're already painting the notion that that Becky is probably going to face Tegan Knox, who defeated Natalya in this match. By the way, she wins via Shining Wizard. Tegan Knox. They. They. He. She faces off. She faces off with Lynch, who's on the outside in the commentaries table, as they're teasing what could be a. A match between those two, I mean, it's pretty clear as day from what they're teasing here. It's going to be Becky and Tegan Knox for this fucking championship. And, 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 and Tiffany Stratton does what, guys? Does, does what? But don't worry, James. She got shine. She got star power. Fuck that, man. Stop. Stop with your fucking star power enough because they had a great wrestling match because they're really good, talented wrestlers. So is everybody else. (laughs) Newsflash, everybody, everybody on this uh, in WWE in professional wrestling is a really good wrestler. (laughs) Oh my God. Again, man, again, see this wall. I'm thirty seconds. I'm three seconds away from driving my fucking head through it. Unfricking real. So yeah. So you're gonna get Tegan Knox versus versus Natalia. I, I don't know why we have main roster talents going after an NXT title. What's the fucking need to go after this title? Because Natalia hasn't gotten opportunities. Tegan Knox, right? I mean, listen. I, I, I to an extent. He goes, oh, she's a younger talent. She's a, you know, she's new. She's newer to the main roster. So, but again, guys, why is the NXT Championship on this fucking show? It's not elevating anybody outside of Becky Lynch and getting a few little cheap pops in NXT's viewership. That's it. That's all it's doing. It's not elevating anybody. It's not ele- elevating anybody on the an NXT women's roster. It makes them all look like fucking geeks, you know? And how about Becky Lynch too? She did a fucking nursery rhyme <laughs> fucking last week. I, I, guys, I listened to that and I fucking cringed. I cringed, I cringed so fucking hard to that. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, go listen to that. If if, if you dare fucking listen to that shit, because, oh my God, But moving on, man. It's just, it's, you know, <laughs> talking about giving women opportunities, you know, to 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 face her for the NXT championship. That's what NXT's is about. Is opportunities for women to elevate themselves. Isn't that the whole point of NXT, bro? Or am I fucking going nuts? Moving on. Uh, Damien Priest is backstage. He's had enough of JD McDonough. He gets just straight in his face. He's throwing a fucking chair. He's getting amplified and he just tells JD to get out. I don't care who you're friends with. I don't care, dude, just get out. I've had enough with you. I got my ass whooped because of you out there. Get out. I love that, man. Dude, listen, man. I know I've said a few things, you know, I- I've said things here and there about Damien Priest, especially about him winning that money in the bank briefcase. But Damien Priest, man, I've I've always said this, man. I don't say look, Damien Priest, man, when that dude raises his voice and gets amplified and starts screaming and starts being serious, like that's good shit, bro. Guys, go back and watch this segment. Damien Priest was perfect. The pitch, the tone, the delivery was awesome. And it was 30 seconds. <laughs> And, I'm, and, that, and I said it at the top of the show. This whole thing with JD McDonough is the only thing that the Judgment Day has to offer when it comes to what they're involved in. Because outside of JD McDonough, all they're doing is wrestling with Cody, with Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, in a bunch of weird singles, tag matches, whatever the fuck you name it. That's all they're doing. And, and, and But then you have JD McDonough, and you have this situation with Priest as well as JD. It's good shit man Damien priest man when he gets amplified that dude is good that dude that dude in the in the the way he delivered that shit hey freaking golf clap man that was the only thing that i was tremendously captivated by if you guys really want my honest freaking take that 30 second segment of Damien priest just screaming at jd was probably the most entertaining shit out of this entire show. I'm not kidding. As I'm li- <laughs> I'm not fucking kidding, you guys. I wish I was freaking kidding, but I'm not. You know, I, I know I've said all of this stuff about Damien Priest about you know I was you know being skeptical skeptical about him winning money in the bank, being skeptical about this thing about you know trying to tell a story within cracks of the Judgment Day, holding on to that briefcase. But never have I ever said that Damian Priest didn't have it that he didn't have the potential and the way he just expressed himself, his frustration. And, and just, again, it's another added layer that we need, we need to see more of Damien priest, not that whole shtick with the whole, whatever that old shtick was before he formed with the judgment day, that whole, he's going to, it's like that whole, it's like a Festus 2.0 to where, you know, if you get underneath the skin or when you piss him off, he just turns into this freaking cycle, but no, no, no. It's that something that's believable, realistic, and you can sink your teeth into good shit by Damien Priest, man. Really, really good shit. That's probably the most positivity you're going to fucking get. <laughs> it's just FYI. Let's move on to our number two, our number two. We have Seth Rollins. Good old Seth Rollins, the world heavyweight champion himself. His music hits and he enters the ring. My man looking looking like the freaking Kool-Aid man, freaking wearing just red from freaking top to freaking bottom. Freaking ironic, and I'm wearing a red T-shirt, <laughs> right? But the, the man's doing the best Halloween impression of the Kool-Aid man, wearing freaking a red attire, wearing red freaking shoes, just red freaking everything. Um, the fans are sounding like zombies again to his fucking theme song again guys i'm at a point where i just mute the fucking television i cannot stand listening to that fucking shit it is fucking nauseating and i can't listen to it i'm sorry i mute that fucking shit every time it's just it's i'm at a point where i'm just like enough for several seconds it's it's fine for several minutes it's like just stop please fucking stop Anyway, um, Seth Rollins states he wants an answer from Shinsuke Nakamura. You know, Seth Rollins has been, you know, been asking or has been demanding a challenge for Shinsuke to challenge him for a rematch for this title. Shinsuke has denied several times. However, this time Shinsuke shows up on the Titan Tron. You know, he's expressed again, expressing his native language. He's on the Titan Tron, this whole little vignette. Freaking love that. I thought that was cool. At least to an extent, that was really cool for in the moment. Um, and yeah, Shinsuke, when it's all said and done, um, accepts Seth Rollins's challenge, um, and he challenges him to a last man standing match. The Seth Rollins man that I honestly is the be- is is truly the best version of Seth Rollins. Get rid of get rid of that fucking attire shtick. Get out of Becky Lynch's fucking wardrobe, get out of her fucking closet, and be the Seth Rollins that you were that people grew that that got you on the map. You know, enough of this Joker, half joker, non-joker, whatever the fuck this shtick is. Like, just be Seth Rollins, man. Like this whole notion of with him wearing the fucking suits and the laugh, like it's just I'm telling you, man, like I can name the the J and J security stick, the authority stick, hell has stayed his 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 sticks with the shield. Hell has run as intercontinental champion. We're all ten times fucking better than this than this shit. I'm telling you, that's not my personal preference. It's just it's just outside of that song, right? There's nothing, right? And again, I know personally, I don't like the song. But if you guys are really honest with yourselves, if Seth Rollins doesn't have that theme song. What does he have he has his he has he has his flashy fucking attire and listen I love when people dress up man I like when people have a sense of taste and fashion I fucking love it dude hey more props to you but if Seth Rollins doesn't have that song bro he has nothing you know the only way to you know the the way to get over in this company is just to have a catchy theme song for people to sing to you know that, that's forget your character just have a really cool theme song and again yeah listen having a good theme song is part of it. But it's, 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 but, but that's, that's all Seth Rollins has. That's it. You know, at least, you know, finally, to an extent leading up to payback, there was something to sink your teeth into with, with Shinsuke. I stated, I stated that whenever, you know, when Shinsuke did turn heel and did, excuse me, did turn on Seth Rollins and started this whole feud with Seth, you know, and Seth Rollins freaking accepts, um, shinsuke's nakamura's challenge for a for a last man standing match and rollin's music hits and he stands tall and fans just sing the fucking song whoa All Right. look i uh, i i really don't know what to think of this man like so for two weeks man like it's it just look i love shinsuke's his new aura of his character. I really truly do. But so Shinsuke is denied week after week after week after week. And now finally he accepts to get a last man standing match. And listen, I get the whole shtick and I get the whole, I get the whole story behind everything. And and if that's, if, if that's, if that's people want to sink their teeth into, if, that, if that's their personal preference and much props to them, but I don't know, man, something ever since the way, the way payback ended, the way Shinsuke lost the match and how fans have had to sink their teeth into trying to, trying to get on board with a story with an attack that nobody saw on television live. It's, it's weird. It, it's really, really freaking weird. Um, I mean, yeah, man. And I mean, again, it's so, so, and again, the thing is too, and the most important thing Most important thing out of all of this, regardless of how I feel, if you like what this shtick is going on, then that's, again, that's your personal preference. But my problem is, is this Seth Rollins is obviously going to retain this title. I mean, this guy is not going to lose the title at fast lane. I mean, guys, stop. It's not happening. Um, And if that does happen, that would be really freaking weird to put all of this stock in at least, or somewhat stock, whatever stock you're putting into Seth, holding onto this title to lose at fast lane. I really find that hard to believe. So Shinsuke is going to take another L and, 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 and then what, and then I, I, I just, I don't know how you, 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 again, you're playing this new aura, which is really good for Shinsuke. And with that, he's going to take two major devastating losses. So I, I don't, I don't know that um, they're really going to have to do wonders in this match, and really start to really get me captivated within the next several weeks, or actually the last week. I think this this coming Monday is the go home show to Fastlane. I believe they have two more weeks. Actually, yeah, scratch that. They have two more weeks left. You know, they got two more weeks to really get me captivated with this shit, and for the match itself to really make Shinsuke not look like a fucking idiot, like he did at freaking Payback, and that's that's pretty much it. So. But yeah, man. I mean, we just see them brawl. It's the same thing with Judgment Day, Kevin Owens, and and Sami Zayn. They they've just been pretty much brawling. <laughs> that's pretty much what it is. You know, I get the whole story. It's at least there's somewhat of substance. I can't say there really isn't. You know, Ricochet gets his ass kicked every so often, and that's really that. That's really it. You know, n- nothing really much to really get that excited for the next several weeks as well as into this match, and that's. And that's it. So, you know, Seth Rollins is going to win this match after that. I don't know. What does that do for Shinsuke? Who, who the fuck knows? Um, Up next, Dominic Mysterio versus Dragon Lee for the NXT North American Championship. Dominic hits the frog splash and picks up the W clean over Dragon Lee. Dominic stands tall and walks up the rampway. Look, man, guys, are we going to do the same shtick with every single motherfucking NXT talent to where they get called up, they have their main roster debut, and it's in a losing fucking effort for an NXT championship, another fucking NXT title. Guys, what the fuck are we doing? Every single superstar. And listen, I get it. There's a time and place to where... Every now and then, you can gain victory and defeat. I completely get it. But it's now to the point where we've done it now with Tiffany Stratton. We've done it with Braun Breaker. We've done it with Carmelo Hayes. We've done it with Grayson Waller. How many fucking times? To- At some point, man, these people got to fucking rack up wins. They got to feel somewhat important, bro. But we got to latch on to Dragon Lee being a really good wrestler. I need to see Dragon Lee do X, Y, and Z off the top rope and this and this and that. Awesome. Great. So what? <laughs> that's my that's my fucking question. So what? What else that freaking Dragon Lee can do that Dominic Mysterio can't freaking do? That Seth Rollins can't freaking do? That freaking Johnny Gargano can't freaking do? What the fuck is different, bro? Uh, can we fucking stop with the no- like everybody just being a really good technical wrestler? Newsflash. So is everybody on this roster in this company? Newsflash. What about Dragon Lee and what he's involved in? Right. Look at Ricochet. Ricochet and the whole Logan Paul situation. Right. I was. That has been the most I've been invested with ricochet probably since nxt you know and then you put dragon lee and you fucking lose bro it's just like i don't understand how this makes the nxt brand look good when all of these main roster talents just just give them l after l after fucking l but don't worry dragon lee's a Dragon Lee freaking is a great technical wrestler. I need to see him do more in that wrestling ring than I've seen from superstars countless of times that do the same maneuvers. Moving on. I'm done. <laughs> Just, I'm done. Naya Jack. She injures most girls. Hits the ring. She actually got a new theme song, by the way. I, actually <laughs> I didn't even realize that until last night. She's got a new theme song and everything. I don't even know what the words or what the shtick is with her theme song, but it's a new theme song. Uh, Michael Coles in the ring asks Nia Jax why she is being, or she is targeting the women's locker room. You know, the fans just start to what her, freaking Nia Jax. She's like just freaking, I guess you could say, playing along with it or whatever. Um, Zoe Starks interrupts. She gets right into Nia Jax's face. And she like she's daring Nia Jax to like drop her face to face. Like, listen, you blindsided me last week. Good for you, but I like to see you do that to my face. Do it like right up in fricking in in, uh, in Nia Jax's face. And I like that shit to an extent. I like that Zoe Starks. I've said that about her countless times. Her being a baby face, I'm just I'm not solely on board with that. But her and what she can offer is is darn good. We've seen it as a heel with Trish. And the whole sh- the situation with Becky and that whole feud. And now she's being a face. It's just, I don't know. It didn't work in NXT. And I don't know why we're playing this shtick on the main roster. But anyway, you know, freaking security start to separate the two women. This leads into a brawl and it leads in- into an impromptu match. As Nia Jax faces Zoe Starks. Nia Jax wins via the Annihilator finisher. The Annihilator, guys, is just Nia Jax just sitting on Zoe Starks (laughs) that that's the finisher. She, she goes up on the second rope and sits on her for the W. Um, so Zoe Starks, man, Zoe Starks, man, that, that turn, that turn on Trish Stratus is doing wonders for fucking for, for, for fucking Zoe Starks. You know, you make that moment so memorable, so meaningful, turning on Trish Stratus out of all fucking people. And now for the second straight week in a row, right? Forget the whole, like, that's a whole different story, right? Teaming with, with fricking with Shayna Baszler, just out of the fricking woodworks, because I I don't know, just trying to make something out of nothing with this women's tag division. Right. And, And then you have Nia Jax that squashed her as well as three other female talents, and you throw her into an impromptu match and she gets squashed and defeated yet again by Nia Jax. You know, it's it's fucking unreal. Unreal. That this is what that this is what we're doing. We're we're playing this this Nia Jax agenda where she's squashing the entire Raw locker room. Who's going to be next, guys? Are we going to throw a, a Chelsea Green in there? Are we going to, is Shayna Baszler going to face Nia Jax? Is she going to suffer the same fate? What the fuck are we doing, bro? With your women's fucking talent that need fucking momentum now more than ever. I highly freaking doubt that you can, you know, you can push Nia Jax and not make your women's division look like fucking geeks at the same time. Highly doubt that, you know, you push Nia Jax just to make everyone else get squashed. Is that really helping your women's division? Just saying. Hour number three, Ms. TV with special guest, Drew McIntyre. You know, Drew McIntyre, of course, the whole notion is about, you know, him turning on Jay Uso's back when he was getting beat up by the judgment day last week, you know, hinting or somewhat hinting the heel turn that we expect that's that we expect is, is leading to up until this point, you know, And McIntyre states as the Miz is kind of getting underneath his skin with the questions that he's asking. And he says, karma's a bitch. You know, from what you did to, you know, pretty much, of course, the story with like, look, man, you know, and and he pretty much stating like, look, the freaking bloodline, man. Like, I'm not just going to forgive everything that Jey Uso was involved with the the bloodline costing me title after title, opportunity after opportunity. Karma's a freaking bitch. So, you know, just at least something along those lines. You know, the Miz asks McIntyre, how's it how does it feel to be upstaged by Cody? Um, as the New Day interrupts. Xavier Woods and the New Day interrupt. Xavier Woods says, We called you Big D, but it seems like lately things have been very short on your end. <laughs> um and listen, Matt McIntyre, you know, he keeps telling the Miz to shut up, which I thought was actually to an extent was funny. Um, as the crowd tell, as the crowd is chanting for the Miz to shut up and, you know, fricking, you know, McIntyre's trying to plead his case. Like, listen, man, I'm not gonna, you know, you know, I'm not going to trust a guy that's cost me opportunity after opportunity. You know, you guys could have helped where the hell were you, you know? And then, you know, Kofi's like, listen, you didn't do what you had to do last week was, was to come to Jey Uso's aid and you didn't do that. You know, as they're going back and forth in that whole regard, again, the Miz is being told to shut up as, again, the crowd is is voicing their frustration for Miz to shut up. And then he freaking Miz gets a freaking Glasgow kiss, a freaking headbutt to the face as that officially shuts the Miz up. And this leads into an impromptu match with McIntyre against Kofi Kingston. Um, The Viking Raiders get involved in this match. This is Drew McIntyre versus Kofi Kingston. The Viking Raiders get involved. They take out Xavier Woods, who's at ringside, and McIntyre wins via the distraction, via a clemo, for the W. The Viking Raiders they take out Kofi post match, and again, kind of similar. I Guess you could say a similar visual looking back, and Drew McIntyre has no remorse. He's like, "Fucking man, I'm there's a there, there's tri- triple layer moose cake. Freaking Titus made a new batch of that triple layer moose cake in catering." Yeah, that, that's way more important than this shit. <laughs> you know, got to gotta see what all that shit's about in, the, in, in catering. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah, man, McIntyre walks off, does nothing, and Kofi gets his ass whooped and Viking Raiders stand tall. Or I believe it was just Ivar because I think Eric is out, you know, because I think the New Day took him out. So now it's just Ivar that took out both men. I mean, Xavier Woods was already taken out via Blindside. So, look, man, I mean, the New Day and Viking Raiders, what, man? We're going to get another Viking rules match? Are we going to see these dudes for the ten thousand fucking time? And that's going to intrigue what? F- and, and that's going to intrigue what? Who? 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 Come on. We saw it on SmackDown, and now we're seeing the same shtick with Raw. Nobody fucking cares. Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> And now, and let let me get to Drew before I get into this main event here. Look, man, obviously turning Drew at turning heel, I guess you can say beggars can't be choosers. We're somewhat getting to that. We're somewhat getting to that degree, right? However, man, like this should have been done. I, I know I may sound like a broken record. Maybe I sound like I'm beating a dead horse, but Drew McIntyre should have turned fucking heel at money in the bank all the momentum that he had with his big return in london at money in the bank the proper way to really push drew to the promised land where he should be right with his character and his aura his persona his look everything should have happened at money in the bank or the raw after money in the bank going after seth rollins going after that world title and really getting Drew McIntyre back on that path that he, was, that he was in three years ago when the pandemic and all that shit freaking ruined everything. It ruined his career. Um, and now you bring him back, you keep him as a face to go after an IC title that everyone knew, fucking all across, everybody knew that he fucking wasn't winning that title. And you throw him in there with Matt fucking riddle with the fricking new day. And he has felt just so unimportant for, for the test of time. And now you and now you want to tease this heel turn. Why couldn't you do that at fricking London at a big stage when it was, it fucking meant something, you know, I'll listen, I'll give it a chance and see where it goes. I don't I'm not liking where it goes. There was really no progression in this heel turn, this potential heel turn. It's the same stare back to the ring and being like, "Oh, let me there again. Titus is making this world-famous triple-layered moose cake. I'm going to go have some of that because I don't give a shit what's going on in the ring," right? So yeah, it's just it's just again, man. I like the fact that they're doing the heel turn. It's the right decision Drew McIntyre needs it but it's the way we're going about business is the problem. The way that we're leading into this official turn is the fucking problem because it should have fucking happened by now. You should have, you know, stroke, struck, struck while the iron is hot. I can fucking speak. You should have strike while the iron is hot at money in the bank. When he made his return, you can get people talking and he would have been the big major headline going into Monday Night Raw that next day. I'm telling you, right? Or on Monday night, since it was on a Saturday night. So, but no, he's you t- know he was fooling around with the new day with Matt Riddle, Nick Riddle, trying to form a tag team. Fucking unbelievable. So, I don't know, man. Beggars can't be choosers. I guess we're getting it. It's just the way we're going about things and how this is playing out. Not expecting this to be. Any special of what it could have been at Money in the Bank 20 returned, and that's it. And now we and now, guys, we get to the main dish. We get to the main event. The main event, guys, is once again Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus the Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Damian Priest for the WWE Undisputed Tag Titles. I'm gonna save, <laughs> save it. I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it to the end of this one, once I get through this here. So Sami Zayn, uh, he goes for a lucha kick. Dominic gets involved in this match. This is later on the match. Sami Zayn hits a blue thunder bomb. Uh, Balor breaks up the count. Dominic hits the ring apron again to get involved. Jey Uso comes to the aid. Mc- JD McDonough attacks Jey Uso from behind at ringside as freaking you know Dominic and JD, they start to beat up on Jey Uso, and freaking Cody Rhodes comes out, so you got JD, you got Jey Uso, you got freaking Cody Rhodes, it's a fucking whirlwind, fricking Cody's diving, doing a suicide dive through the second rope, everybody's just freaking brawling like you've seen for every single fucking week, man, um, you know, so again, so uh, Kevin Owens hits the stunner, Sami Zayn hits the Halula kick to Priest, JD McDonough, Right after Sami Zayn hits the Halula kick, he hits Sami Zayn over the head with one of the tag titles. Um, The referee never sees it because of all the chaos happening outside the ring. Damian Priest falls into the cover, and the Judgment Day win this match, and they defend their tag titles. They're walking up the ramp, and then Cody Rhodes, Che Uso, they all attack them up for the ramp. And Monday Night Raw goes off the air with what we've been dealing with with everyone involved for weeks and months now. With Rhodes, Jey Uso, JD, The Judgment Day, everybody, all just fucking brawling. The same similar situation we've seen week after week after week after fucking week. And that is Monday Night Raw. Guys, I'm going to give you a stat. And I'm, I'm I guys, I'm legit. I'm not joking when I freaking say this. You guys ready for this? Like, this is a legit stat. Ever since May 15th of this calendar year, in some form or fashion, whether it's singles match, a singles match, a tag match, or a six-man tag match, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have faced the Judgment Day 15 times since May 15th of this calendar year. 15 fucking times. If you guys don't believe me, I will go down the freaking list of these matches. All of these matches ever since May 15th of this calendar year. <laughs> guys, it, this is, it's 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 crazy. It, it's absolutely, it, it's freaking wild. You guys ready for this? So, so May of 15th, the Judgment Day defeats Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, right? That was May 15th of 2023. You also had... Um, June nineteenth, where Cody Rhodes and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defeated the Judgment Day. Oh wow, that's great. Okay, moving on. Damian Priest, right? Damien Priest, Dominic Mysterio and Finn Balor defeat Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn and Seth Rollins. Oh, I'm not freaking done. Let, let's let's just keep let's just keep on going. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn defeat the Judgment Day. Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio. Do you want to keep going? Oh, I'll keep fucking going. Sami Zayn and Seth Rollins. You take a freaking Kevin Owens. You put in freaking Seth Rollins. Defeat the Judgment Day. Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio. Let's fucking keep going, guys. You want to keep going? Fuck it. Why not? Let's fucking keep going. Judgment Day. Defeat Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. That was freaking August of twenty or August twenty first of this year. Right. Again, let's keep fucking going. Cody Rhodes and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. This was (laughs) freaking guys. This is crazy. Defeating the judgment day, freaking Dominic Mysterio, Finn Balor guys. Oh my fucking God. Damian Priest, defeating, defeating Sami Zayn in a singles match. That was freaking of August 28th, the very freaking next week. Right. And, and then, and then you freaking, and guys, you had the freaking, the tag title match. You had the tag title match at payback to where I was told by Sami Zayn that this was the final, this was it, right? This was it. Like after this, we are done with the judgment day. I want to be done with the judge. Like this is it. The titles change hands, right? And now we get to this fucking rematch and we're like, well, fuck man, this is still not over. Oh, but don't worry, Jay. No, after this, they're going to be done. Well, clearly after this show went off the air, we are far from done, man right we got war games we got an eight man tag man because we got Jey uso and freaking and jd mcdonuts a part of the freaking a part of this shit yay awesome Let, let's let's give, let's give a little a little pause. who's excited for it yeah. eight tag man. So there it is, man. I gave you the list of matches ever since May 15th all the way up until now. All of these tag matches, these six-man tags, these singles matches, every single one of them, all down the line, with Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, The Judgment Day, in some form or fashion, are involved and are fighting against each other. Non-fucking-stop. Right? When you dissect this shit, you think to yourself, man, it's it's really that bad. It's that bad. So that's all. And that's it, man. 15 times. 15 times since May 15th. All of these individuals have just been either brawling, fighting in singles action, tag matches, or a six-man tag. You throw a Cody Rhodes in there. throw a Drew McIntyre in there. You shuffle in a Seth frickin' Rollins in there. And we repeat the vicious motherfucking cycle until the train goes completely off the tracks all the way up until Survivor Series, which is what I guess they're gonna do war games. So we're gonna put all of these same individuals and we're just gonna place them in a cage. Awesome. Yeah, just you know well i mean look is the match may, could it maybe be somewhat exciting somewhat entertaining for what it is okay fine but can we not limp there can we get there with some type of intrigue and investment and wanting to see these people perform just that's all i ask man you know but when you keep doing shit like this every week it is fucking nauseating. It is nauseating to talk about. It's nauseating to take notes. And it's nauseating to fucking watch. You know? And that's what I mean, man. Especially with Cody Rhodes' involvement, man. How's that Brock Lesnar feud treating him? Right? And how's that momentum after that big Brock Lesnar victory at SummerSlam? It's it's having him doing the same Judgment Day shtick after he's already defeated Dominic, Finn Balor, Damien Priest, all members of the Judgment Day. And, and, and that momentum that momentum swing is throwing him right back with the Judgment Day. And that's all you're going to see for the freaking test of time. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they lose those tag titles. We think it's done. We think it's over. Nope. It is just getting started, bro. Just getting started. They have been nowhere near the same since they lost those, since they won Those titles at WrestleMania, their momentum has been completely derailed since then. And if you're being honest with yourself, you know, I am fricking right. And that's it. And that's Monday Night Raw. That is your show. As we got Fastlane approaching, as we are just, we are in cruise control. Heading into Fastlane, heading into Survivor Series, and we just want to put all of our chips and eggs into one basket. When it comes to when, when it comes to these these big pay per views with the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, and we don't give two fucking shits in how we get there. <laughs> fucking unreal. That's going to do it today, everybody. That is your Monday Night Raw review. Thank you guys so much for joining me on this episode. Uh, Make sure you guys stay tuned for Thursday as I will be back talking AEW Collision. It's been a minute since I've talked AEW Collision with you guys as there have been a lot of crazy events, a lot of crazy stuff that's happened in the AEW side of things. But we'll be back talking both Collision as well as AEW Dynamite, you know, a little bit of topics here and there in regards to those shows. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that on Thursday, and make sure you be on the lookout for Sunday. I'm not sure when that episode is going to be published out, as I will be talking, of course, WWE SmackDown, um, as your boy will be racing in a half marathon this weekend. That'll be Saturday morning, so I'm not sure. Uh, when that episode is going to be published it is probably going to be sometime Sunday. So I'm sure with most of you football fans out there, we'll probably won't maybe tune into it till probably Monday, but it will be published on Sunday. So if you guys still want to go check it out, uh, feel free to Uh, make sure you guys, you guys stay notified uh, for when that episode is published out. And of course um, I want to thank to all of our special guests, you know, people like Jalen, people like my man, David from top bunk sports for joining me over the last several days. Um, It has been a pleasure. And of course, there are more special guests that are in the works. So a lot of fun is to come. And of course, a lot more professional wrestling to talk about. Um, So make sure you guys stay tuned for all of that. Of course, as always, make sure you guys follow us on social media. Make sure to join us on our Facebook page. And remember us to follow us on Instagram and TikTok. That is Ruthless underscore talk. So make sure you guys... Um, Stay notified for more episodes to come. Thank you guys for joining this community. Thank you guys for joining this platform and for always watching every single episode, regardless if you are on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I appreciate you being a part of this platform, this community, and stay tuned for some more professional wrestling chaos to come. That's going to do it for today's episode, everybody. My name is James Porcelli, and your boy is signing off saying salute, peace out, and take care, everybody.